This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. One take wonder this time. There you go. Let's go. Nice. It's almost as if you do this for a living. (laughs) Somewhat. Uh, If you missed the earlier parts of Canuck Central, we're going to do the mailbag here in a second. Lots of questions already coming in. Uh, But earlier, Chris Gear joined us, a former AGM of the Vancouver Canucks, going through the processes uh, of the draft and free agency and how teams prepare themselves for those big days on the calendar. Yannick Hansen with a uh, full-on rundown of life with John Tortorella in Vancouver. The good, the bad, and the ugly, as he put it. (laughs) As he put it, yes, he himself. Uh, There was some good, uh, there was also quite a bit of bad uh, for that. And we talked about how the... Culture change with the Vancouver Canucks organization continues to happen. That was hour one of the program. You can check it out now on podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review. That way you never miss a mailbag. You never miss any of our exclusive interviews, inside info, and during the season, every single postgame show right here on this podcast feed. All right. It's time oh, yes. for the mailbag. Producer Josh Elliott Wolf. Love it. Hello. How's it going? What's happening, it's going, Josh? It's going great. That's Josh. Great. Uh, so we, we had a really weird moment at the start of the show today. Mm. Sat and I are convinced that the studio door was painted. Josh is less convinced. <laughs> yeah. So now that I'm sitting where I usually sit, I'm yeah. looking at it, I'm 100% sure it was not painted. <laughs> so it's always been this. It's okay. always been that color. Yeah. I know it. Now you know what? Like, like, listen. There are there are enough scuff marks on it. Yeah. That it's definitely not a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> so it's been here for a while. It's just that Reach and I didn't realize, or at least I brought it to Reach's attention, asking him, "Has this so, door always been kind of light blue, like sky tell, blue?" Tell me why every other door is white. Then I'm sure we have some old pictures of the studio <laughs> that we can look back on and determine whether or not it actually Fig- was figure this blue. out it's like some grainy old photograph <laughs> yeah okay well we've been in the station for like five yeah. years hey, a lot's happened in five years okay josh <laughs> going back to flip phones um okay so for the mailbag we had a lot of kuzmenko questions ah i'm just gonna take one todd naslin where are the canucks taking kuzmenko for dinner tonight <laughs> Well, <laughs> last night he was at Blue Water. Yeah. I don't know if you do Blue Water two nights in a row. No. You can't go twice in a row. It's probably Elisa, isn't it? That's yeah. like, that's the that's the closing. Steakhouse, yeah. That's that's where you close the deal? That's where you close the deal at Elisa? Yeah. It is quite good. It is. I, I mean, like hey, me a good steak dinner. I saw Doiwa on Twitter kind of mention that the Canucks met with Kuzmenko in Michigan not that long ago with ah. Alvin and Boudreaux. Okay. So now they're meeting with him again. Met with him yesterday, meeting with him again today. It seems a very random place to meet Kuzmenko, unless he was meeting with Detroit. Maybe there's something going. I, I can't. Say, I just. I'm just telling you what what Rick said. And I know yeah. Faber was tweeting that uh, he's getting good vibes from the Kuzmenko crew. Mm. A lot of good vibes happening. Vibes. The vibes are important. The positive. People feeling the energy. If I am trying to woo somebody in and around Vancouver, uh, what well, has to be an Aquilina restaurant? Yes. Right. Yep. Um, could you could you imagine if like <laughs> Alvina Rutherford decided to go somewhere else? Yeah. All right, let's go to Black and Blue. Um, doesn't really work. Elisa, like Elisa and Blue Water, are just so good. Yeah. Like, okay, yes, they're Aquilini restaurants, but they're like good. they're legitimately the best, re- like two of the best, better restaurants in the city. They're great. 
Um, but if I were to be like just wooing somebody, um, Chopino's is really good. Chopino? Chopino. Uh, over there in Yelltown as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Chin Chin is very good. I believe that's an Aquilini restaurant. Have you gone to Chin Chin? Yeah. Really? Why? No, I'm just asking. I was wondering. I've, I was, I was at Chin Chin a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago? Yeah. I went with my, uh, my brother who was visiting this summer. I went with him. Um, it's fine dining. It's quite nice. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. I would just go to like White Spot Boston Pizza or something. <laughs> but that, that's me. That's just go walk down Granville Street, hit up a donor spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, Sean Butler. Do the Canucks have a position on the cap recapture, evasion, and trading for LTIR players that we keep seeing? On the one hand, the Canucks have seemingly been the only team punished by these decisions. On the other hand, it happened under prior management. Mm. That's so, from uh, Sean. Sean Butler. So there's always been a... Um, did the Canucks fight hard enough against the cap recapture penalty? Well, I think that's... I, don't, I mean, I think it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. How much did the organization... Yeah, and that's from the owner. How much of a pushback did that happen? I think it's a fair question to wonder how much there was. On the other hand of things, though, um, when we look at putting players in LTIR and doing those sort of things, that's something the Canucks did in 2011. Yeah. You know, they they did it creatively, and they had it in the beginning of the year with Salah when he got hurt. And then, you know, they were able to go over the cap, and then they put Edler, had him have surgery strategically after the deadline, and then... Um, he wasn't ready to go until the playoffs, and they got everybody going. They were like seven million over the cap or something, which is significant given mm-hmm. you know what the cap number was at the time. I don't think that's changing the LTIR thing. That's the reality of what's going to be happening now. Yeah. Um, but I do think in the future, if this team is going to be competitive, I can see ownership going into LTIR. Yeah. For them to have success, like if this team starts getting to that point, I don't think there will be an aversion for them to take advantage of that if you are like it's one of those things it's kind of like um you know the raptors and the blue jays have said i've always said this you know if we feel like we're close the money will be there yeah right if we feel like we have to we'll spend into the luxury tax if we feel it puts us over the top to get a championship that was masai ujiri's mm-hmm. mantra for a lot of time and for the blue jays it was you know, yeah, they had the year where they were passing around the hat to, to yeah. get to get money at the trade deadline. Oh my god, that was hilarious! <laughs> the Jays that year—that was embarrassing. That, that was, was the most embarrassing thing. Embarrassing. They're, embar- they're asking Joey Bats to take, "Hey, can you defer five million so we can we can go out and make?" He's like, "What are you talking? I have to defer money for you guys to go and sign a guy to a one-year deal worth seven million? Yeah. Yeah, they're going after that pitcher. Uh, was it Soria? Yeah, was, was Soria that they were going after that so, year? Yeah. I think it was it was him or somebody else. And they're like, they're trying to co- cobble off fifteen million. And they were asking guys to defer money so they can go. I mean, that's just that's embarrassing. That was that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Um, but the reality, the team wasn't wasn't all that close that year, at least, uh, to to get into the playoffs. Um, LTIR, like I, the one thing. I wonder, like, could the Canucks do a Michael Furland trade like we saw with Shea Weber yesterday? And yeah. Where, where you go out and get a, a decent player just to alleviate somebody else's cap concerns. I think that that's something that the Canucks could potentially explore. Yeah. Now, the question here always comes back to 
what are you trying to accomplish this year? How valuable is that money for you? How valuable is it for you to be good this year? Because you can still go into LTIR yourself and take advantage of it. And then he's completely off the books. Now, what could be appealing to Vancouver is that Ferland's money is not insured. Yeah. So if you're going over the cap, it's uninsured money. Could you use that money more by having a guy help you as opposed to having Furlan not? Now, a team acquiring Furlan would also have to pay him not to play. Yeah. Uh, that was the old uh, Nathan Horton for David Clarkson deal. Where yes. Columbus just didn't want to pay Nathan Horton, who was never going to play for them again. So they traded for David Clarkson. It was an equally bad contract, but at least it was a warm body they could put on the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, along those lines, Leo Reyes sends in a question. What's a possible return for trading Furland's cap? Hit? Mm. I mean, so uh, the scenario that I, I think I threw this out yep. a, a little while ago, I could see is like maybe for a guy like Tyson Jost, yes. where a team like Minnesota, for instance, they're up against it. They're already, you know, capped out where you're trading a guy making one point something. Mm-hmm. And the Canucks take that guy on, and they get some LTIR space that yeah. they can use. And it's easier for them to to get to uh, day one of the season under the cap and then go into LTIR with a $3.5 million contract. You move a guy like try, Yost out, it gives you some options. Yeah. So that's a caliber of player I could see them do. Now, it comes down to, would Minnesota want to trade Joe so they like him? Or how do they view it? But... That type of deal is something that could actually end up giving Minnesota more cap flexibility, especially because it's a one-year thing and it's only three point five million. It's a bottom six forward. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't expect too much more for no. trading Michael Furlan. Ball hockey beret. Which teams might move heaven, a right-handed defenseman, and Earth, a high pick, for Bo Horvat? Well, I wonder about the Leafs. Yeah, although they don't really have. They have one first-rounder that Kyle Dubas is really feels like he's taking it to the grave. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not getting rid of that first-rounder. Um, they've traded way too many. They've traded, already, they've traded like four seconds. Yeah. Straight deadline. So, but they do have, you know, right-shot defenseman. Uh, pretty good one in Lilligren that we know the Canucks would have some level of interest in. But is he young enough? Right? Are you looking to aim higher as well than well, a Timothy Lilligren in a trade for Miller or Horvath? Well, even Sandine's been known to maybe be available now. Yep. Former first rounder as well. Is that somebody they like potentially? They they have is a pieces. left shot though. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but he is one of those. He him and some of the other guys are players that all of a sudden are available for them. Like they may be looking to move some of those players. Now it all kind of comes down to. How you view it. Another yeah. team I would throw out, two teams I would throw out there. One is the Blues, because I think Armstrong is a guy that likes Horvat a lot. Uh, I'm not sure how they make it work exactly, but he's a guy that I believe has always liked Bo Horvat quite a bit. Right. And they have a lot of pieces. They have young defensemen, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have forwards as well. Depends on how far they'd like to go with it. The other one is Pittsburgh. I think Brian Burke loves Bo Horvat. Yeah. And uh, we used to hear it on Hockey Night in Canada quite a bit. Uh, John Marino is obviously um, an interesting one. You know, I know a lot of people bring up the LA Kings because of their depth on the right side of defense. I don't know if I see really a fit for Horvat with the LA Kings. So maybe that would be more of a Miller acquisition for the LA Kings where he would move back to the wing 
which is where they need the help. Yeah, and another team, I'd say the Boston Bruins. Charlie McAvoy for Bo Horn. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Who with says that. no? <laughs> Who says no? <laughs> uh, Wes, how big will the first move of the offseason be on the spectrum of re-signing Lamico being minor to trading <laughs> Miller being major? Looking forward to getting a sense of direction from this management group. Could be because Benko. Yeah. How does how do we how do we rank that? I'd say that's in the middle. Middle, right? Middle six forward. Yeah, I mean he could sign as early as like sometime, you know, within you know days or week. Kuzmenko's put on a pedestal right now, though. You got to be careful with 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 what you expect. And I've yeah. gone over this. We've gone over this extensively. Um, great, go out and sign him, bring him in, and hopefully it works out. But also manage your expectations to some degree. Kuzmenko is like uh, your friend recommends uh, a great restaurant. <laughs> and you go there with high expectations, right? You're like, oh, this place is going to be great, great atmosphere, good vibes, and the food's terrible. Mm. And you're like, well, was not. it actually terrible, or did I just come in with, like, super high expectations? Yeah, that could be it. I mean, it depends on how much you're spending. Now, here's the thing about Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko is more of a, a restaurant that's great, but doesn't have a high cost yet. <laughs> so you're getting in early, but you're getting in before the boom, yeah. potentially. Yeah. You're getting the grand opening sale where they're like, yeah. two for one, 20% <laughs> off. You're, you're the hipster that found it before they got popular. Yeah, you know? and it's and it's a one-year thing because it's going to turn around yeah. or it's going to go out of business. <laughs> before they were featured on TikTok. Anyways. Uh, next one from new Sportsnet 650 producer, oh. Andy Cole. Very good. Was Pavel Bure good? Um... Debatable. Debatable? Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a question is this, Andy? Um, yeah, Pavel Bure was bad at the end of his career. <laughs> well, he was hurt at the end when of his career. When he wore number nine with the New York Rangers. And he was injured. Yeah. Still scored. I mean, Pavel Bure is, uh, would we say, one of the top five best pure goal scorers we've ever seen yes. in the National Hockey League? Yes. I mean, so you go through history, you look at Maurice Richard. Yeah. I mean, in my lifetime. In our lifetime, yes. Ovi, Beret. Wayne scored enough for you to put him there, man. Like, you score. You have, yeah. You're have. you the leader. I mean, it's funny because we're talking about natural goal scorers. And we're like, Wayne, yeah, the guy leading that has a record, yeah. he's not a natural goal scorer. He did other things better. <laughs> but, like, when I started watching hockey in the early 90s as a little uh, pichinero, you know, um, Wayne started, like, that was the point where Wayne became more of, like, just straight assist man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but you go through history. Mike Bossy is there. Yeah, pure goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's Ovi, Ovi, and Bure are like the two top for me in my lifetime. In your lifetime, would Stamkos be like top five? I'm trying to think of other guys Man. recently. That it, it's so it's like Ovechkin and then a bunch of other guys. It's so funny because you mentioned Stephen Stamkos, and he's 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 so forgotten. Yeah, despite. You look yep. at the numbers. The man has 481 goals in 921 <laughs> games. He uh, scored 42 this past year. Can't really forget about Mario. No, I mean. It always freaked me out how Mario, like, I want to call him Mario Lemieux. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, it always freaked me out how Mario Lemieux, um, the seasons he had, even at, like, Really old age. <laughs> We're kind of crazy. Uh, like, 03 when he was 91 points in 67 games. Just absolute madness. 
dude, his final year, he played like what was it, twenty games or something? Yeah, and he had like twenty points. Yep, he was in dash twenty though, I think yeah. too. <laughs> but like he couldn't move, and he was still a point per game player in the games he played. He yeah. couldn't move, like he literally couldn't move. He was like stationary on the power play. <laughs> uh, Timu Solani. Yeah, team was up there. Uh, Brett Hall. Mm. Brett I mean, with the uh, one, the one-footed uh, one-timer. Yeah, down we, on the knee one-timer. You know who doesn't get enough? Well, two players really: Marcel Dion, um, Mike Gartner. Yep. Mike Gartner has 708 goals now. Albeit he played like almost 1,500 games or whatever it was, but over 700 goals. Does any other player get to 700? Does Crosby get to 700? He's at 517 right now. I mean, Stamkos can get there. Stamkos is 32. Well, Stamkos ain't getting there. No, he's not. If he didn't get injured, I think he yeah. had a, didn't get injured, a maybe he had a chance. Uh, Could have got, like, Pasternak. Ooh. You got to score at such a high level for such a long time. What do you think of the Pasternak rumors out of Boston? Fun. <laughs> I want to see him get traded. It would be, be great fun. Brett Hull. Getting in uh, a ton on the yeah. uh, on the Dunbar Lumber text line. All right. We got to uh, go. Next yeah. question. Taj, Blue Water Cafe or Joey's? <laughs> oh, I mean, Blue Water Cafe. Yeah. I mean, poor Edmonton. <laughs> they take Kuzmenko to Joey's. Give him a signed Gretzky jersey. I can't believe they took him to Joey's. <laughs> where, else they gonna, where else are they going to take him? They can't take him no anywhere else. place in Edmonton. <laughs> I don't know. At that point, just like bring him to the arena or something and be like, here's a chef. <laughs> here's a chef. <laughs> tell, tell him what to make. <laughs> he will make you anything. It's like that scene from movies where somebody meets a president. I think it was like, yeah. you know what? We can make whatever you want. What do you want? He's like, sable fish? You got it. Yeah. It's like, what? By the way, the miso sable fish at Blue Water. Oh, my God. Oh, sable fish is amazing. So good. So delicious. Never heard of sable fish. Like really? It's not, it, it's, it's not that I dislike Joey's. It's just, you know, nobody's confusing Joey's for fine dining. It's it's nice. I like Joey's. I enjoy Joey's. It's great for a date night. Yeah. Great for drinks. I like the fish tacos, I got to yeah. say. But I mean, it's, it's just about what you're, you know. That's what you're looking for. And hey, listen, Joey's in, in Edmonton is different from Joey's here. Like it's, <laughs> hey, have you been to the Cactus in Toronto? No. It's different than, than I mean, the, the Cactus Club in Toronto is like three stories, and it's like a club upstairs. Yeah, but it's like, like the only one. It's the only one, but it's it's different. Like it's it's not just it's it's actually considered one of the best places to go to. They're in King Taps, for instance, like yeah, they're like lively, super packed. You know, they're considered really cool spots to be in. That's kind of what Joey's is like in Edmonton too. So I mean, to be yep. fair to it, that's kind of what it's like. But then you compare it to what's happening here, and you're like, eh. and it's right across from the rink. Yeah, Joey's in Edmonton. Okay, next. Minor Matt, Abbotsford. Did you guys see Brandon Dubinsky's <laughs> tweet to the Flyers regarding the torts hire? Definitely made me laugh. Sucks for him that he had to spend eight years with torts if he hated them, hated him that much. So the tweet is Dubinsky from Brandon Dubinsky. Prayer hand emoji for the Flyers players. Um, I mean, I think it's... Like how unhappy was Brandon Dubinsky yeah. for that tenure? Because he worked, he he's a guy that, that worked his ass off when he played. I wonder Hard nose player. I'm guessing Pierre Luc Dubois doesn't want to get traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't think so. <laughs> there are some guys that really dislike torts. There are other guys that appreciate torts. Um, Yannick obviously 
had some likes and not likes with Torts, and he spoke about it in hour one of the show today. But I don't know. A lot of guys that that have played under Torts, they just kind of say he was hard but fair yeah. most of the time. And you know that wasn't the case across the board, but a lot of guys come away saying that about Torts. Yeah. Now I think for a guy like Dubinsky, I can't speak for him, but what I think is interesting is he's been with him for a long time. Probably just grading on him for for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just just tired of the act. That's it's like being you know have been in a relationship that's like very combustible. Yeah. It can be good. It can be horrible. And mm-hmm. after a while, you're like, I just can't handle this anymore. Yes. Like, uh, I think about Mike Babcock when he first showed up in Toronto and he's like saying all these great things and he's very charismatic and he's like, you know, he's really engaging when you first start to cover him. And then after a couple of years, you're like, all right. Yeah. You were saying the same things like week one of this first season you were here. Yes. It's kind of getting tiring now. Very, very, very tiring. This Count Dracula, oh, so you have options. Two, pick between. Okay. Owning and living on one of those little islands just off of Horseshoe Bay or a downtown penthouse suite. Oh, to me, it's so easy. No question. Island. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you were going to say the penthouse. Sat's like, put me on an island. I don't care. Island, man. Imagine. Think of the upkeep, though. I feel like Sat would make friends with a volleyball, paint a face on it, <laughs> call him Wilson. I Sat's might. just like, I'm ready to live in a cabin in the woods. I'm, I'm done. good. I'm good. No, but honestly, like, I mean, man, I'm a city. Like, I can't live too far away from the city. You're a city boy. I mean, I like the city. I love the city. But now that I live kind of farther from the city a little bit, I still live in Vancouver, but like yeah. a bit farther south than Vancouver. I enjoy it so much more. I, uh, I wouldn't prefer to live, you know, right in downtown Vancouver. Well, it's a downtown penthouse. Yeah. Downtown. Yeah, true. But I'd prefer to live there than somewhere on an island where I got to take like a ferry to get back to the It's not that hard. It's like Bowen Island. It's super easy to jump on. You know, little you have personal boats. You have your own little boat. You can roll your little butt over to Horseshoe Bay. That sounds like a lot of work, man. (laughs) I just just want to be like, I want to be close to the action, you know? I'll take the island, man. What if it it was a Mount Pleasant penthouse? Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. I I might. I might. (laughs) I already live in Mount Pleasant, so I'm uh, I'm taking it. You're just getting an upgrade. Uh, Luongo Soul Patch, Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant? Ooh. I mean, Kobe. I'm going Steph. I would say Steph too. But I think, Sat, you're a little bit biased. Well, I mean, <laughs> perhaps a bit. But I mean, what Kobe did though was he was never, I mean, he was on with Shaq those three years. Yeah. The but Mamba mentality. The other two titles they won, yeah, he had some good teams, but man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if Steph would have won a title with the teams that had to play. If, if you had to switch Kobe and Steph, would those Lakers teams still win titles? Those two t- titles. Yeah. With Kyle Gasol and Andrew Bynum yeah. and those guys. I mean, Powell was still pretty damn good. He was good. Wasn't a ton else on those teams though. Yeah, some good players. They had nice role players, like they had Barnes at a time, and Walton. I know they had yeah, and, and Ariza at a time was pretty good, and 
Trevor Ariza. And they, they had some guys, you know, they had some help. But yeah, man, there was it was, was a, a lot big of, Trevor Ariza guy back then. Yeah, run our test. I mean, he was actually pretty good. Meta World Peace for a, lo- a little bit of that run. Defense. But, but it was very much like Powell and Kobe. Steph is kind of like a fine wine, man. He just gets better with He's age. A, I love Steph. I'm not going to sit here and yeah. criticize Steph. All right. Next question. Vincent, planning to watch the F1 Montreal Grand Prix? If so, or asking if you are planning to watch it. Uh, if so, what are you most excited about? There was a new change this week, which could change the grid order completely. All right, Josh, you got to fill me in on yeah, this. Yeah, please uh, fill us in. You're, you are the F1 expert on Canuck Central. Yeah, it's a high bar. <laughs> uh, so, most of the season, Mercedes has been the big yep. issue. Where going down the straights, they have this porpoising issue, so their car is just bouncing up and down because it's too low to the ground, I believe, right. and the driver sits too low, and so just they have suspension issues, and it's causing them to lose speed. Um, the last ra- last race last weekend in Baku. They have this very long straightaway. I think it's the longest of the calendar. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Hamilton was like, his he it was like my back is killing me. <laughs> he got out and he was like, like the seat is cold. Yeah, which pretty much means like, hey, I can't feel my. He back. has no sensation. Yeah. Yeah. And so the FIA, the race committee, was like, hey, you have to change your car so that it's safe for the drivers. And so I believe Mercedes has to change it. Ferrari also had some bouncing. The interesting thing with Ferrari is they had the porpoising issues, but they were still really fast. So mm. now they have to change the car. They might lose some speed. And they were kind of the only competitor with Red Bull who was not having these bouncing issues. So Oof. it's a big, uh, big advantage for Red Bull, I would say. And we've yet to see what it means for the other two. I will say I'll probably watch parts of the Montreal GP. Maybe not in its entirety. I'll be watching a lot of U.S. Open this weekend. Mm. Um, I am excited for Ian McIntyre's tweets. Yeah. Live from uh, from race day. Is Randy going there too? I don't think so. No. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I haven't been following F1 this year as closely as I was following it last year. Yep. I will tune in for the Grand Prix, though, because it's, it's Montreal. It's Canada. You got to watch it. So I'll, I'll watch it. But I am fascinated by what's going on there. Josh, because Mercedes ain't having a good year. No. George Russell is having a good year. Mm. He's finished top five every race, but not Lewis. The, the thing I think with Lewis is George just wants to be like, hey, I'm a good driver. I'm going to finish top five every time. Lewis wants to win. So they're changing the car every week to try to get him to win. And so he doesn't care if he's finishing seventh. He just if wants to win. He just wants to win. And so they're going to keep changing it until he does. I'm hyped. Go Ferrari. I mean, I, I don't really. I just love watching the personalities and stuff. I don't care who wins. Although I will say, I've always liked Lewis. Yeah, yeah, he's fun. Um, Let's get oh, in silver and black Canuck. We'll do. Yeah, one more silver and black Canuck. What game slash sport and arena would be your ultimate bucket list item? For example, World Cup in Trafford, World Series at Fenway, Stanley Cup Game Ooh. Seven at Rogers Arena, Super Bowl at Allegiant. Oh, Ooh. man. That's a good question. See, World Cup at Old Trafford. Nyeh. I mean, it would never be played at Old Trafford either. No. It would be at Wembley. Yeah. And if they squeeze in 100,000 people in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be a total disaster, as we've seen from various soccer Ooh. events in Europe, going back to 
the final of the Euro yeah. last year, and then obviously what happened in France during the Champions League final this year. Um, man, I'm always going to choose World Cup, though. Yeah, I mean, it'd be World Cup. I love to see... A Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, though, would be fun. Would be a lot of fun. Could you imagine? <laughs> yes. Super Bowl weekend in Vegas? Like, I don't know. The Super Bowl doesn't even have to be there. But I, I do plan on going to Vegas for Super Bowl weekend at some point in the near future. It is a bucket list. Like, even if the Super, like, even if the Super Bowl isn't being played. Yeah, even if the Super Bowl isn't there. Like, there's just certain weekends that are great to have to do in Vegas. Yes. Uh, you know, the start of March Madness, um, Super Bowl weekend mm-hmm. is a great weekend to be in Vegas for, whether it's there or not. There's just a lot of great weekends to be in Vegas where the event doesn't necessarily have to be there, but there's still a lot going on mm-hmm. from a sports perspective. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. I mean, I'd love to see the Browns in a Super Bowl, like in Cleveland. <laughs> but... Super that Bowl. sounds awful. Yeah, it's also February. <laughs> February in Cleveland. You know who's never getting the Super Bowl? Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> Probably not happening. New York got it one year. Minnesota got it, but that was just because they, they, they got they a, built a new stadium. stadium. And they, they also don't they have like an underground tunnel to the stadium? I know they do for the hockey rink. I don't mm-hmm. think they do for the stadium, but no. I haven't looked into yeah. it because I'm not all that interested in going to Minnesota. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Vikings, but I'm not. Uh, You're not there. I would, I would go if they were like, hey, you know what? Vikings made the Super Bowl. They're playing yeah. in L.A. Yeah. I'm down. Josh is like, well, my Vikings are playing at SoFi Stadium this year. I shall go. <laughs> I shall go. Yeah. But I won't go to Minnesota. No. No. Maybe maybe an early season game. September, I'd yeah. consider going to Minnesota. Yeah. I'd love to see a Champions League final, too. Oh, man. Like, you know. Chelsea's been to two. If I could have been to one of those, I would have been a thrill of a lifetime. Yeah. I've really wanted to go. I I was close to going in uh, 2015. Oh, wow. But the problem is, like, I'm worried about going to watch my team in the final and then they lose. Because I would be livid. Yeah, but you're still at a Champions League final. But maybe I should watch a neutral one rather than my team. No, you should go watch. Juventus always loses in the final, though. So this is maybe this they'll is my win. Problem. Maybe they yeah. win the year you go. The risk reward is is very dangerous here. Just do it, man. Live your life. People in Vancouver know this, you know. After watching uh, Game Seven in 2011. Yeah, that's you why know? when you ask the question, like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> oh no! Uh, All right, was, one is one is bad enough. We're super late. Oh, yeah, look at the time. Uh, that's the mailbag. Always appreciate your questions. Subscribe, leave a review. Sat sends a question out, a prompt for you every Friday, so make sure to follow at SatTRShaw on Twitter. Get your questions in early on Friday to get them screened for Mailbag Friday. How many times can I say Friday before we end this segment? All right, two more. Mailbag Friday is over. It is Friday. <laughs> 